Well, it's a new year and I'm delighted to uh, confirm that Mary Holm will be back with us this year every second Thursday dispensing financial expertise and we cover a variety of topics. KiwiSaver is always a big one but there's mortgages and credit cards and all sorts really. Mary, hello. Hello, Jesse. Uh, Nice to see you again. Did you have a nice summer break? Thank you. Yeah, too short. It's always too short but but it was great and and we're still getting some pretty nice weekends, aren't we? Yeah, it's been lovely. Yeah, fabulous. So tell us about your topic this week. Seems like a really interesting one. Yeah, well... Towards the end of last year, you and I talked about student loans, and I was saying in the course of that that it's still worth borrowing to become a graduate because you earn so much more later on in life and and gave some data on that. And that is true. But then, you know, a week or two later, Liam Dan had a very interesting piece in The Herald which was reporting on a Burl study where they compared... Um, lifelong earnings were lifelong financial situations of graduates and apprentices. So to to start out, and I thought, and and they came up with the fact that they both ended up about equal. So just to give you a bit more detail on the on the two lots of data here, we've got one lot of data saying from the universities of New Zealand saying the typical graduate bachelor graduate earns about one point three eight million dollars more over their working life than a non-graduate, which is a lot a lot more. Yeah. But, of course, it's over a whole lifetime. Um, but but the Burl report, and they looked at just average wages, average student loans, average everything, and they found that apprentices were actually better off than graduates until near the end of their career. And then they drew just about exactly equal in terms of how their, their wealth basically. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, how does that match up with the other data that says that that, that graduates earn a lot more? Um, And by the way, before we we forget, both of them end up a lot better off than people who leave school with no training, which is totally predictable. Mm. And yeah, um, but the the thing, one of the um, findings was that later in life, Graduates earn, on average, about a hundred thousand dollars, and trained apprentices about seventy-five thousand. So there's a big difference um, later in life in, in terms of incomes. But early on, the the the, the apprentices get get in. Earlier, right? Know. They start earning their full potential. Yes, much earlier, yeah. so much earlier. They start working a lot younger, and um, I think with apprenticeships they. They are not getting paid very highly at the very beginning, of course, but still they get on to full pay much younger. And so at 25, the apprentices are earning significantly more than the graduates, even though the graduates by 25 should have been out in the workforce for a few years. Um, But the apprentices don't have a student loan. They get Mm. more into KiwiSaver earlier on. They tend to buy a house earlier. They tend to pay off their mortgage earlier. And all of that... Um, builds up over a lifetime to them being about equally well off with with graduates. They've got their head and, start, basically. Yeah, and it, yes, and that makes a really surprising difference. In fact, the Burl economist said he expected graduates to catch up and pass apprentices somewhere as sort of, I don't know, 40s or 50s. Mm. But in fact, it didn't happen until into the 60s. Wow. And Yeah, which is really, it just goes to show the power of running up less debt 
young and starting to earn young and starting to save earlier. And that's what I wanted to talk about a bit more today. So it's not just addressing young people and saying, well, which is the better one for you to do? And by the way, that would be a, a stupid reason to base the decision on, wouldn't it? Mm. On just solely Lifetime on who's earnings. better off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, obviously it's far more important to go with what, what you love, what your aptitude is and all the rest of it. So mm. um, no one's suggesting here that people should do apprenticeships or should do degrees because of the money. It's just an interesting um, aspect of, yeah. of the whole thing um, and quite a nice message in a way because it kind of says to young people go with what you're good at yeah. and what you're interested in and I think New Zealand's a bit short of apprentices in, in, in some areas totally. anyway and so Did you hear the um, text I read out before from the teacher? Yeah I did actually, yeah. yes, yes that was neat Her son yeah. was earning more than her at 23 and she yes. was at the total top of her earning power. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Graduates, of all graduates of course teachers do tend to be among the lower paid ones probably mm. which is a whole other issue. And we are in the middle of a construction boom at the moment, and I yes. imagine some of that work can be a bit cyclical, you know, a yeah. few boom years, a few bust years. Definitely, yes, yes, and that should all be taken into account, and I'm sure the Burl economists would have taken mm. that into account because they would have looked over long-term data. But, but so it's not really just looking today at those two options, the apprenticeship versus the, the graduate. It's more the broader point of the importance of starting early right. and, and how powerful that can be, regardless of whether you're a graduate, a student or, or, or whatever you are. Um, the importance of keeping debt down. So, you know, you and I have talked about how student loans, there's a suggestion that people with student loans are therefore a bit more inclined to run up credit card debt as well because they kind of think I already owe yeah. owe twenty thousand dollars. What's another thousand? Yeah. You know, or, the, um, or they've got the the borrowing mindset. So even if they yes. pay the student loan off, they are more relaxed about going into debt. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a worry because as we know, credit card debt's awfully <laughs> different from st- mm. student loans because of the interest on it. Um, so the idea, but the idea is to keep debt down. Um, or through your life, really, but you know, and especially when you're young, it's it's terribly powerful in a negative way to start running up big, big debts when you're young, um, especially credit card debt. Uh, not so student loans, not so bad. But the the main message is the starting early, really. And so I crunched a, f- a few numbers through, and looked at starting saving at twenty versus starting saving at twenty two. So there's not much difference in that mm. um, for young people thinking, oh. You know, uh, I'll have fun for a while and start saving a bit later. And so I looked first at saving $100 a month um, and putting that into some kind of investment, not KiwiSaver at the moment, we'll look at KiwiSaver in a minute, but looking at putting it into perhaps some kind of um, non-KiwiSaver growth fund or something like that that's earning you 6% after fees and after taxes, which is a high return. So it would have to be going into some kind of um, share fund or something like that, mm. uh, perhaps an index fund. Um, and for people doing that, they going to, if, if you start at 20 versus at 22, you're, and at $100 a month, you're going to be putting in $2,400 more over the two years at $100 a month. But at 65, so you've put in $2,400 more savings when you're young. At 65, 
you'll have more than $33,000 extra. That's incredible, so putting isn't it? In, yeah, so for putting in $2,400 extra when you're young, at 65, you've got $33,000 extra. The power of those first few years, mm. they are growing. They are um, compounding over all of those years, and it just makes that much difference. It's, it is incredible. If, if you were wanting to look at um, $200 a month instead of $100 a month, you'd double all of those numbers going through, so you would have... $66,000 more if you put in $200 a month. Now, $200 a month is probably too much to think of a um, young one putting in, but people might start at 100 They might even start at 50 a month. Um, often people can build up their savings as they, as they get older. But the more you can get in in those young years, the more you get that benefit from compounding. Um, and when you look at KiwiSaver, it's even... More powerful, good old KiwiSaver. We, we couldn't get through our first session without looking at KiwiSaver, mm-hmm. could we? Um, so looking at KiwiSaver, comparing someone who starts at 20 with someone who starts at 22. And I looked at an example of an employee um, joining KiwiSaver when they're on $30,000. Um, so over the those two years, from 20 to 22, they're going to be putting in less than $2,000 if they're putting 3% of their pay in. Not a lot of money. And at 65, they'll end up with $64,000 more. So so the without KiwiSaver, we're looking at putting in about 2400 and coming out with 33000 more. With KiwiSaver, we're putting in less than 2400 and coming out with $64,000 more. And that's, of course, because of the money coming in from the government and the employer. So, so just to say that again slowly. Yes. So if you were to join KiwiSaver when you were 20 as opposed to joining it when you were 22. Yeah. On a salary of thirty thousand dollars at the beginning, and that would grow over yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. You would end up with sixty-four thousand dollars more than if you started at twenty-two. That's right. Between twenty and twenty-two, you've got sixty-four thousand dollars more to take into retirement. That's a hell of a lot more mm. money. It's um, it, you know, and and, and that's it, if they start even earlier. Uh, at 18, it's even more powerful. The same rule applies if you start at 30 versus 32 or 50 versus 52, but there isn't going to be as big a difference because there aren't as many years for that compounding to happen. But even if someone's listening in their 60 or in their early 60s and they haven't joined KiwiSaver, the sooner you join, Mm. the the more you get that benefit from the compounding. I'm reminded of a saying someone gave me over the holidays, which is quite apposite here. It was about... uh it was about um, trees, <laughs> and yeah, they said there's a, yeah. there's an old saying that the best time to plant a tree is last year. Oh yes, but the second best time is today. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. I think I've, I've got that right. Yes, so, yeah. No, I've heard that that too, and it's a yeah. great quote. And yeah, trees are a bit like <laughs> kiwi saver, yeah. and well, any savings. As I said, this applies to non kiwi saver savings as well. Certainly applies for young people wanting to get the house deposit together. You know, that's the obvious example for young people wanting to do serious Although, of course, you'll be taking it out long before you get a chance to realise those great differences. Yeah, so if you started at 20 rather than 22 and then bought the house in your early 30s, you're not going to get as big a difference, but Mm. it's still going to be quite big, surprisingly big, because just getting that money in there working. And and the KiwiSaver example, by the way, um, I got that from the Sorted website. They've got a, a good calculator that 
that you can plug all this to work out your KiwiSaver savings, how much they're going to grow. It also helps you work out how much that will mean in your retirement, how much spending you've got there. And they are assuming that you put your KiwiSaver into a balanced fund. Now, if you put it into a growth fund, there'd be an even bigger difference. It would make an even bigger difference. And I wouldn't recommend putting it in a growth fund if you're saving for a house deposit and planning to spend that money within 10 years, say. But if it's more than 10 years, put it in growth until you get to the 10-year point. And then once you've bought your house, put it in growth would be my recommendation. And a good time to remind um, people that if you have a simple question like, what sort of KiwiSaver fund is right for me? Or um, growth versus aggressive versus passive versus whatever... Uh, Mary's talked about this many, many times in many different forums, and the best place to go is maryholm.com, and you can search for those particular questions. Someone has asked this question (laughs) before you have, and Mary has answered it. They have. Yes, yes, they get repeated. Now, one important point to make Sorry, Mary, and the other thing I need to tell people is that Mary doesn't benefit from you taking her advice. No, I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> my, I actually paid to have my website there, and it yeah. hasn't got any ads on it. So, but uh, that's all just all just part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, one important point to make about all all of this is that I haven't taken inflation into account, and that is arguably naughty. Um, it I find it easier to explain the numbers to people as raw numbers mm. first, and then to come back and look at inflation, because saying, for example, that someone who starts KiwiSaver at 20 rather than 22 retires with $64,000 more, well, of course, that's not going to buy what 64000 does now. And in fact, on the um, sorted website, on the, the calculator, you can adjust it for inflation or not. And they adjust it for 2% inflation, and that make, does make a big difference. The $64,000 in the future would buy about what 18,000 buys now. Mm. Nonetheless, it mean you've put in less than $2,000 extra over those two years and you've ended up with $18,000. It's still a really good deal. Um, and that, by the way, is assuming 2% inflation. I, I just heard on the radio coming in, actually, on one of the Radio New Zealand bulletins that currently inflation is one6 And... And that's high by world standards right now. It is quite yes in New Zealand. The UK's had some problems with the the pounds devaluing since Brexit, so they've got their own thing going on. And uh, I think Turkey, they've got some strange beliefs over there about the effect of inflation on the economy, so they do things in opposites. But most places of the world, they're really struggling to get. They don't know what to do to get inflation. Yeah, inflation's yeah, and and in New Zealand, it's been. You know, more like one since about 2012, closer around one than around two. Um, the, and, you know, you talk to experts and say, well, let's extrapolate. If we're talking people at 20 and they're going to retire at 65, and by the way, you know, by then it could easily be 67, which is going to make the difference even bigger um, if you start younger. But um, there's no way of knowing what inflation is going to be like for the next 45 years, no way at all. But, you know, 2% might be on the high side looking at recent history, and, and, and in which case it's not going to eat into your savings as much as we just said. Um, it's so funny, it's inflation inflation doesn't uh, count housing costs, eh, which is your major cost. It, now, it includes building materials, doesn't right. it, I think. 
um, and rents. I think I'm right about that. I, um, uh, I don't know about rent. We'll have a look at it. Um, yeah, definitely um, not the cost of paying for houses themselves. And there's a, a, I'll have a look at that. We might even because there's been a massive month. jump in the amount that you have to pay in Auckland, but probably in other centres as well. The amount of your the yes. proportion of your income that you've got to pay in housing yourself. To, to, and to it seems ridiculous yes. that you can say, well, we've only had 1% inflation and people are paying a couple of hundred bucks more each week. To Yeah, it does, doesn't it? The, the, there's a pretty good argument for that, and I can't remember exactly what it is. I'll have a look at that, and, yeah, and okay. we perhaps get back to it some sometime shortly. Well, um, I mean, because housing is the whole, you know, it's such a big a big deal. I heard on Catherine this morning that, that they're saying that it's more to do with well, I didn't hear it. I heard the promo for it, and I'm planning to listen to it tonight. Yeah. Um, more to do with um, the availability of credit than than immigration that's affecting house prices, uh-huh. and, and yeah. Um, so who knows where we're going to go with all of that? But there is some good news for for poor poor people struggling to buy a house, and that is that Auckland prices have definitely stalled, haven't yeah. they? They're sewing right now. Yeah, so well, what was the headline last night? Profits have halved since their high in 2015, which wasn't particularly reassuring, but yes, I yeah. know it has at least uh, it's, it's, has changed it's somewhat. It's turning, it's mm. definitely turning, yes, yeah. Hey, thanks, Mary. It's a pleasure, Jesse. Good reminder if you know young people, and it's quite hard to talk sense to a lot of young people. Yeah. It would have been quite hard to talk sense to me. When I was twenty, about why I should be saving oh, money. Yeah, I know, but don't I think, well. I'll, I'll deal with I'll deal with that later <laughs> when I've got more money. You know, it does also apply to thirty versus thirty-two, yeah. or, or, or you forty know, versus forty-two, or, or any mm. any age. Okay. Yes, uh, Mary Holm on money. She'll be back in a couple of weeks.